sometimes. The best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. If you ever wondered how an episode of Back of the Range would get published if Ben got laryngitis, well, you're about to find out. Hi, I'm Brian Stubbs, the Executive Director of the Haskins Foundation, and I'm out here at Greyhawk for the NCAA Championship, in part to present this year's Haskins Award to the Men's Collegiate Player of the Year. If you happen to miss the announcement on Golf Channel today, Chris Goderup from Oklahoma was this year's winner. I know that many of the listeners of the Back of the Range that are players and coaches cast their vote in part because they follow the Back of the Range on social media. So thank you for helping us to set a new record of votes for this year's award. Yesterday, a new individual champion was named, and congrats to Gordon Sargent from Vanderbilt on his impressive win after making birdie on the first playoff hole. The match play portion of the national championship is underway as we speak, and all of the focus will be on teams like Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, Pepperdine, and other powerhouses of college golf. But in this episode, Ben wanted to showcase one of the lesser-known players that was able to fulfill his dream of competing in the national championship. The guest on this episode of the Back of the Range is Zach Byers from Gardner-Webb University. Zach earned his spot in the national championship in a much different way than most players in the desert this week. He was able to win a three-hole playoff to earn a spot at regionals by winning the Big South Championship and advancing through the West Palm Beach Regional to become the very first Gardner-Webb golfer in history to qualify for the national championship. This episode focuses on Zach starting the game, what drew him to Gardner-Webb, and the story of his incredible season where he captured three individual wins and ultimately led him here to Greyhawk to represent Gardner-Webb on the largest stage of collegiate golf. Let me hand things over to Ben through the magic of editing. But first, Zach, welcome to the back of the range. How are you? I'm doing very well. I, I bet you are, man. Congrats on getting to the national championship. I'm really glad uh, we we're able to kind of find some time before things start moving along here at Scottsdale. We're actually talking on the day of the women's final. You just got into town. I've obviously been here in Scottsdale for several days. I guess the, the, the easiest question to start with is, is this your first time out in the desert? And how, uh, how was the travel in? Yeah, so this this definitely is my first time out to Arizona. Um, you know, desert golf is something you hear a lot about. You know, you get excited. Hey, you know, ball goes far, this and that. And, you know, I kind of got a little bit of a taste of that today playing TPC Scottsdale. So, um, you know, trying to get in, get used to the heat, get used to, you know, distances that stuff is going. So, um, like I said, it, it's a really cool opportunity. Um, the flight out here was, was pretty uh, – pretty good we had a couple kids behind us making some racket but <laughs> nothing uh <laughs> nothing nothing that the headphones couldn't block out there you go well I, you know it's it's kind of a rite of uh, a rite of passage with uh, teams that come out here and play in the national championship i see you know on social media that there's teams out at whisper rock or they're out at uh, mirabelle or they're out at silverleaf they're kind of doing exactly what you did today kind of getting acclimated because you know teams come from all over the country they're not used to this, so they're kind of getting their uh, desert legs underneath them, so to speak. So you played TPC Scottsdale with a couple of the other indies that are out here. I mean, I have to ask, I mean, TPC Scottsdale, 16th hole. I know there probably weren't thousands of uh, of, of boozed-up fans watching you. I'm sorry about that. But uh, 16th hole, tell me, did anyone do anything remarkable? 
Yeah, so I was uh, I followed Evans Lewis from South Carolina. He sure. hit first, and and he hit one where we started booing at it. You know, oh that's <laughs> we kinda, great. Oh, you guys are you booing know, each so other. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. we 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 filled in the crowd noise for him, and uh, and then I followed that up. You know, we were obviously trying to you know take some videos and and record some shots just in case one went in. And sure. I hit I hit one and it landed probably two or three feet from the cup and ended ended up about four or five and and then uh, Thomas from Oakland he uh, he ended up actually hitting it to about one inch and I, I like I said I, I don't know how it didn't go in the hole oh so gosh. like I said you 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 said it right you know not thousands of boozed up fans but there were about five in front of us that were plenty plenty greased up and and they were uh, <laughs> they 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 were having a great time so they were they were cheering it on and and. Uh, Anyhow, so Evans and I had a little bit of a match going, and and we both actually missed our putts, but it it, it was cool anyway. That's actually probably good to not make a hole in one your first day in town at TPC Scottsdale, because <laughs> really, how do you focus on the national championship after something like that? I mean, you really just pack your pack your bags and head back home, right? That's exactly right. No, that's that's trip completed almost. Yeah. So um, definitely want to get into your story and, and really kind of share with listeners, you know, many people here at the back of the Ranger are hearing from players that, you know, maybe you're playing, with, you know, for bigger programs where a national championship run is kind of in the cards or at least something that is definitely on their radar. That's the goal they set at the beginning of the year. But, you know, you're coming out of Gardner-Webb in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. You're obviously representing that university as the Big South Conference champion. But you grew up in Shelby, North Carolina, about you know ten miles away from campus. Talk to me a little bit about just getting into the game of golf in, in Shelby. What was your introduction to golf? Yeah, so I actually grew up, you know, playing baseball, and and that was our family kind of thing. And um, I got to a point, kind of after seventh and eighth grade, that you know I, I wanted something that was a little more individualized and something that you know if, if I messed up, it was on me, and and I can. can could kind of control things and you know my house is is right across the street from a golf course so i would just walk up with a you know lob wedge and a seven iron and go go hit a couple shots here and there even you know at seven and eight years old and kind of you know developed into playing a little bit of golf even through baseball and then like i said made the full kind of transition over and um you know got competitive with it going into high school and and kind of worked really hard and and kind of got you know, obviously where I am today. Talking about Royster Memorial or are you talking about Cleveland Country Club? So actually it's Woodbridge Golf Club. And uh, so Cleveland Country Club is where I ended up going after I switched, you know, to playing competitive golf. That was, we, we joined out there and sure. I spent a lot, I spent a lot more time there, but Woodbridge is the course that I live at. Okay. So talk to me about Woodbridge because I love hearing stories and listeners hearing stories because, you know, obviously players have come from different uh, angles into the game, whether it's, you know, dad uh, is a maybe a teaching pro or you get dropped off at the country club. And, you know, what, what <laughs> right. was Woodbridge like? So I, I can give you a little bit of a story about, you know, my my upbringing of Woodbridge and Cleveland Country Club, because both of them are pretty, uh, pretty interesting. So, like I said, Woodbridge is right across the street from my house. You know, I, I would go up during the day and, and get ran off by the Rangers and all that sort of stuff. It's, <laughs> it's nothing, nothing super fancy, but back in back in the late. 90s and early 2000s i think the women's acc championship was there a couple times okay um it it was actually a very good uh high level golf course when um i believe his name was william beck uh and he was an owner of a few mercedes and and some kind of dealerships out of charlotte north carolina 
and he he had a house on on the lake that I live on, which is Moss Lake. So he he owned Woodbridge, and it was in phenomenal shape. You know, like I said, late '90s, early 2000s, and then, um, you know, the layout is phenomenal. A couple of really great golf holes, and um, anyway, so it, it sold out and kind of went downhill. It actually closed down for a few years, kind of in the late 2000 or mid 2000s, late 2000s, and um it's now kind of been revitalized and, and brought back, you know, it, it's nothing fancy to this day, but it's still, you know, fun where I can go out on my, we've kind of got a lifted private golf cart and I can go out there and play music. And it, it's a very loose, almost Kevin Kistner esque vibe there where, you people go. Go out and, there you go. where people, people go out and, have, you know, have a drink and, and, and have a really good time doing it. And then, you know, like I said, my story with uh, Cleveland country club is, is just as good with, I would go out there and like you said, kind of get dropped off at 14 and 15, you know, and go out there and practice all day. And, uh, you know, once I turned 16, I was then able to, to join playing in like the, not dogfight groups, but kind of, you know, dogfight groups. Yeah, where you're you go in the out. game. You're in the games. Right. So I was playing in the games with the 40, 50, 60 year olds. Oh, and then even, good. even on the weekends, we would play in what was called Burl's group and, and Burl Harris. I've got to give a lot of credit to, and he's, he's 84 years old right now. And, and he is, you know, one of the guys that I don't know if the video shows it on YouTube, the send off, but he was at the send off and he's a very uh, monumental guy when it comes to, you know, my intro to golf, you know, cause they welcomed me in at 16 and, you know, as a, as a hot headed 16 year old, sure. these, seven, these 70 and 80 year olds put up with a lot. So, uh, like I said, I, I attribute a lot of my success to those guys you know and I, I couldn't be more thankful and you know obviously that just kept progressing and i you know started playing with the the better player group you know the guys that were playing the blue tees and then playing up to scratch level you know through my high school days and you know kind of once i got to that scratch point i just i kind of kept going and those guys you know stayed at scratch and you know like i said it, i just i have a very non-content mindset so i, I sort of you know, just kept working and kept growing and, and getting to be a better golfer. And, and it was, it was really cool. I think it's something also that I know that it's always good to have junior programs and, and the ability for, for young players to, to play with other kids their age, whether, you know, 14, 15, 16, those are great, but you know, not to overlook, it's really good to get in with the, like you said, the group of 40 and 50 year olds that not only teach you maybe a little bit about the game, but also how to, you know, how to learn how to be a man at that kind of an age and how to interact with adults. I mean, exactly right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I, I think, I think that's like you said, that, that made a good point of, uh, I, I'm the youngest of three, bro, of three boys. I got two older brothers and, and having them and then having those guys at the country club, you know, like that is a, a big step of maturity as far as, you know, a making connections, B, you know, just hanging out with the right crowd. You know, when I came off to college, I, I was not a party kind of guy. You know, I, I did my own things. I was in bed early. Not, you know, not that I was against partying, but I just, yeah, just you know, I, I, wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't in that kind of phase. So, yeah, uh, I kind of felt like I grew up a little, a little faster than a lot of people. How many, you probably can't even calculate, but how many scrambles have you been recruited for in your lifetime? Oh boy. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I would, I mean, I, I like to think that I'm a little bit of a long ball hitter, but since I've had surgery, I've kind of gone backwards a little bit. But, um, you know, a lot of people take take me for those. But I would, I would say 50 or 60, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, and, and, and we I won't ask you about your career record in four-man scrambles, but I'm sure you've uh, – Yeah. I'm sure you've, you've acquired many, many gift cards. <laughs> That's exactly right. Some long drive – 
long drive gift cards and all sorts, you know, certificates and what have you. But no, I, you know, it's kind of funny going into, I'll be brief for this. You can edit no, it or do good. it. You're good. Man. But, um, this, this spring obviously was a very successful spring and I attribute a lot of it to this four man scramble that we played me and some buddies. And, um, it, it was obviously for a very good cause. It was called one more and one less just to, just to plug them a little bit. Sure. Um, it, it's a, a foster organization out of, out of my area. And, um, I'm, I'm not the right guy to give you all the details about it, but it, it's a really cool thing. You know, if one more kid that's adopted is one less kid that's, uh, growing up in a house out of connection with the Lord. So, yeah. you know, if, if they can be adopted and then raised into a, a good Christian faith and life, you know, that's obviously the goal. So that, that's sort of the, the mission of that, um, of that organization. And, you know, we went out and, we actually, so we tied first and lost in a scorecard playoff. But once we did that, there was this ball marker that I've used and we, we made everything putting with that thing that day. And I've used the exact same ball marker ever since. And it has been, you know, the success story for me. That is crazy. All right. When I see you out there, Greyhawk, I got to get a picture and see this, uh, see this ball mark. Um, yeah, it's, it's literally just a Canadian toonie. It's a, it's a oh, $2 yeah. So it's just a Canadian toonie and then a small penny, but it's, I, I have just a clear little small baggie for them. And I, I use the same two every day. Hey, got to, got to roll with it. I mean, and Hey, listen, this is a great, if, if nothing else comes of this episode, I want everyone to understand that if you play in a four man scramble someday, you could qualify for the national championship. Just like <laughs> that. I, mean, I mean, that's really what the message that you're telling uh, me right now. That's right. So, you know, it, it came from, it came from, just a scramble kind of getting to this point and, and having this, you know, lucky coin to get me, uh, get me the confidence to, you know, to kind of be where I'm at today. There you go. So talk to me about Gardner Webb. Obviously this is really the university right near your, right where you grew up. I mean, I'm guessing you were a, a Gardner Webb fan and obviously knowing the university closely, was this pretty much your first and only choice to play college golf or were you kind of looking at other places? How did you find yourself at Gardner Webb? Sure. Yeah. So like you said, I mean, with it being local, we've always kind of known Gardner Webb. We were close with, you know, the baseball coach and, you know, we did camps from young kids and, and so yeah, we, we've had a early connection with the program and, and coach Burton is a, uh, is kind of a friend of ours. Like I said, I'm, I'm very close with him and a lot of my success is you know, due to him as well. So, um, Gardner Webb was a quick kind of easy choice for me as, as a senior coming out of high school, you know, obviously I committed in November of my senior year, but, um, I was talking to a couple other schools and, you know, it just didn't seem like the right fit. You know, I'm a very close person with my family and, um, there's some kind of stuff going on family wise that that's kind of hard and being close to home, you know, makes things way better, you know? So, um, that I'm very thankful that that coach gave me the opportunity. My resume wasn't, the best coming out of high school and, and he kind of took a chance on me and you know, it, it's been a place where I've played every single tournament since, since I started. So it's been great. You know, like I said, some people go off to, to big universities in the beginning, you know, not necessarily on scholarship, even they just go to walk on and sure. kind of hope, kind of hope that things work out. And I went to Gardner Webb and, and he gave me a little bit of scholarship. And, you know, the biggest thing in my opinion is I've gone out and I played, you know, yeah. and, no. Play, play, playing gives you the best experience, in my opinion, and and obviously that has shown through 
you know, four good years of, of competition. You know, like I said, we've, we've been through COVID. I've been through injury. So it's, you know, there's been some roadblocks and or at least speed bumps in the way, but I am, uh, I'm very excited that my time has been well spent here at Gardner Webb. And you mentioned your coach T Burton. I mean, 20 year over 20 years experience in college coaching He's a former all American himself at the university of North Carolina when you see a coach that wants to take a chance on you, that wants to bring you into basically your, your, your hometown university, maybe what are some of the things you started picking up as a freshman that he helped you with to kind of get yourself to the level that you're at right now? Because like you said, you're coming in out of high school, maybe not heavily recruited, maybe not a lot of tournament experience when you're compared to maybe other juniors that are playing a, a national uh, schedule. What are maybe some of the things you've learned from him throughout your time at Gardner Webb to kind of help you, uh, you know, elevate your game to the point where you're going to be able to compete at the national level in just a couple of days? Absolutely, and like you mentioned, T is a you know former All American, and he he obviously has plenty of experience on and off the golf course. And that being said, he the things that he's done most for me are teach me maturity and teach me just mentally how to play golf you know I've, I've had the talent and understanding of how to get the ball in the hole from a young age you know I, I don't have the perfect mechanical golf swing you know you'll see me on the range hopefully at some point you know I'll I'm find, not gonna I'll be, find you <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna be the guy that's out there hitting every single shot perfect you know I'm, I'm moving the ball different ways I'm I might chunk one a little bit I might you know I might thin one a little bit but I'll get on the golf course and I'm gonna get that golf ball in the hole and, and as few shots as possible so you know I'm you know to, to the future, you know, I, I will continue obviously to keep progressing, but you know, my, my special treat is, uh, getting the ball in the hole and, and pretty few shots. So, uh, you know, that, that's how I played golf and, and T has given me kind of the freedom to over overturn him in a few decisions as far as hitting some drivers in certain places or, you know, playing, playing some more aggressive shots because, you know, he's very old school. He has, you know, Mr. Perfect tempo and doesn't miss many fairways and, <laughs> And I am, you know, kind of the opposite in some ways. I'm, you know, I went through a phase where I did the speed training and I was hammering it, trying to, trying to hit him hard and, and all that. But, you know, like I said, he, he's taught me just how to play golf in so many different ways. And, and it's made me grow significantly as a player. Now, are you, uh, I know you're left-handed, uh, you swing the club left-handed, but are you a natural lefty? No, I'm, I do everything right-handed. See, um, that is, that is yeah, crazy. Yeah. So. And the reason yeah. I'm asking that is because, um, you know, Rose Zhang, who won the individual championship for Stanford, uh, when she was signing a couple flags, um, everyone was kind of surprised. She pulls out that pen and she's signing with lefty. So Rose Zhang's a lefty, wow. which is why I was kind of, I wonder if Zach's a lefty. Yep. So I'm, I know Jordan Spieth's the same way. Jordan yeah. Spieth obviously play, plays righty, but he, he signs a ball lefty and, uh, Bubba Watson and Phil Mickelson are both like myself where we're play lefty and, and, and do everything right-handed. So, um, like, like I mentioned, when I had my injury, I sort of learned how to do everything with, with the left as well. So, you know, I like to tell people I'm uh, ambidextrous a little bit, there you, but, go. you know, so anyhow, but yeah, long story short, I am, I'm right-handed just playing golf lefty. Okay. Then I have to cut a circle back to your start in the game. How did you start playing golf left-handed if you're a right-hander? I think it was because I wanted to be different than everybody. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't, I didn't want my older brothers, you know, taking my clubs and, and, and messing stuff up. So I think I just, okay. like I said, I, I play, I played baseball too. And, and I swung the bat left-handed, which I'm the only one in my family who did that. Okay. It was, 
it just seemed more natural having, you know, kind of my dominant hand be the one to be pulling through, you know, giving more power. So, um, you know, from a baseball standpoint, I think that was the benefit. And then also through golf, you know, my right hand is just ultimate control of the club face and then the left hand is just kind of on for the ride. So, um, you know, like I, I think a lot of people, you know, scientists, not, you know, I'm not sure anybody who does research on it. I think there's, you know, some truth to that. And I think, you know, there are a little bit of benefits. Yeah, that's, uh, well, I'm glad I asked. That's kind of interesting because as you said, (laughs) there's a lot of righties that play lefty and lefties that play righty. So you're, you're here obviously for the national championship in Scottsdale. And, you know, we've kind of alluded to that earlier on that your path is different than other players that are out of some, maybe some larger schools uh, in, in bigger conferences than the big South. But, you know, just to briefly kind of let listeners kind of understand your path, you know, you had a great spring, you know, you know, three wins and, and top tens and, you know, fantastic scoring average, you know, 71, four, five, really the, the lowest in your career. And you go to the big South conference championship where you and your teammates know that you have to win in order to get that automatic bid to regionals. Now the team um, ultimately falls short, but you actually, you know, get into this playoff with Henrik Leah from Campbell. It's actually a three-hole playoff. You you survive to get the conference, the Indy Conference Championship, and this is the first time that's happened in school history. And then it sends you off to regionals in at PGA National down in South Florida. This is the like I said, first conference champion, first appearance in regionals for anyone from Gardner Webb. And you don't have your team with you. You have Coach Burton with you. And this is really kind of a unique experience other than the other individuals that are there. What was your approach going into that regional? Was it, you know, let's just keep this train going? I mean, you have to know that you have to you, you have to be the low individual to, to advance to the national championship. What was your prep like with Coach Burton? Exactly. Well, you know, like I said, I, I don't like to do anything extra or out of the ordinary. You know, so playing today, we went out and played and, you know, hit a couple balls after. But I'm not going to do anything different than than a typical preparation, you know, because when you start changing routines and start changing, you know, your normal, that's when things start getting uncomfortable and you just, you know, kind of get into a different habit. So I, I stuck to my same ways. We had a, a little bit more of a break between events, you know, from our from our conference championship to the to the regional. So. Um, you know, I think we had two and a half weeks, um, but I, I just went out and did, you know, kind of the normal life of Zach. You know, I, I didn't do anything different. The only thing we did was kind of take advantage of say, hey, I'm going to the regionals. Let's let's call some good golf courses and see where we can go. So <laughs> we, go. we went out to um, Carmel Country Club in Charlotte, Quail Hollow, Palmetto, um, down in Aiken and, you know, and a couple other good ones that that we have sort of within a couple hours at, at the most. And, and we went out and, like I said, just took advantage of, of the opportunity. And, you know, a lot of courses are, are very open and, and willing to help out, which is which is really cool. So we did that and uh, then sort of just road tripped it down. So Coach and I actually drove. We had the option to fly, but we actually drove and, and continued to play some golf courses on the way down. We we went to a cliffs, one of the cliffs golf courses in South Carolina on the way, and then met up with one of my teammates, Miles Albright, down in uh, Ocala, Florida. And then after that, we we cut over to Jupiter and played with a friend of mine at Admirals Cove. Oh sure. Before, be, before playing at PJ National, so like I said, we kind of made a road trip out of it, and 
you know, we, we obviously did what we had to do, you know, like you mentioned, knowing that the best way that I can describe it to people who didn't understand golf was, Hey, there's, there's going to be 75 players. You're going to remove the top 25 from, from teams that are going to advance. So I, I need to finish first out of the remaining 50 players, you know, 40, 49 other players other than me. So, um, that, that's the best way that I explained it to, to people. And, you know, like I said, I, I ended up getting that first place spot and I've, I've had a quote that my folks, my parents and I have, have kind of mentioned the whole time. And, that quote being why not me and yeah. you know that that has that has stuck out and you know like you mentioned i i had to get i was four shots back going into the final round of the conference championship and i knew that i had to win to to get in and i went out and made nine birdies and shot six under to to, claim, to to get into a playoff and then eventually claim that title so um and i like you mentioned our team fell just short we, we made it to the championship match of match play in the conference tournament and uh, got beat by Charleston Southern, so they they also ended up at, at PGA National as well. But um, you know we were, we were very close. Now, when you were at regionals, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, when you're at regionals and you know what you have to do to get through, um, are you scoreboard watching and kind of keeping an eye on who you're competing with, or, or do you just not even try and bother with that? I mean, it's it's got to be a because not only you're watching the guys that are in front of you. But you also realize that if that guy in front of you is actually one of the teams that gets through, then you could take him off the list. But you don't know that until everything's finalized. So how do you even? I mean, do you even bother looking at it, or you just? I mean, how do you approach that? Yeah, no, that's you know that's a very good point because when you're at regionals as a team, you obviously have two opportunities to get through. You can sure. get through as a five as a five pack with your team or you are just a single you know through as as evans was for south carolina you know his team was at regionals but you know he made it out as an indie um you know i myself and and a couple other of the indies that are here you know we we were individuals at regionals and we ended up making it out but i i personally am a fan of, of knowing where i stand with with leaderboard stuff um, and as you mentioned, things kind of had to line up in a really good way with, with certain golfers. You know, I, I knew, I knew that the golf course was really hard. And after talking to a few people after like my first round where I was even par, I think I was sitting maybe second, third or fourth, you know, as the individuals laid at that point. Um, you know, so I, I kind of made a note of who, you know, who the people were that were ahead of me. And that was, you know, Nick Lyerly from UNC Greensboro. Yeah. That was a Notre Dame kid, maybe Davis Chatfield, I think is his name. Um, and then Kieran, like you mentioned, Kieran Van Wick from Ch- College of Charleston. And that just, things had to go right with the right teams to get through. And it came down to the final day and I was kind of checking periodically. And, you know, through the season, I, I was a big leaderboard kind of guy. I like to know where I stand. And, you know, I sort of thrive off of that. And I knew, I guess I was walking down 14 fairways good little par four at, at PGA national that I was sitting pretty good because college of Charleston had, had broken free from Purdue, I believe for that fifth and sixth spot, there was maybe 10 or 12 shots between them and they, they were on the last couple holes. So, um, I, I knew that I was in a good spot. I was maybe three or four ahead of Nick at that time, Nick Lyerly. And yeah, you know, there was, there was maybe one new Mexico kid that was, yeah, at Sam maybe Choi. Even, yeah. Yeah. Sam Choi that was maybe at even par or close to that at one point. So, I knew I, I kind of looked at T and I said, Hey, you know, we're, we're sitting good. Let's, you know, I, I put my phone down for the next couple holes and I just, uh, I said, we're going to have to get tough boss. Cause there's, we being, 
be, being an individual, you know, we got the very, very last tee time on the on the entire golf course because I was, you know, that that was me. So I was the last person out, and uh, we we made the turn and somebody turned on a 20 mile an hour fan because it started blowing out there. Yeah, I'll tell you we, what. we do that in South Florida for us, for the guys coming in from, uh, from North Carolina, <laughs> just a welcome so to South it, Florida. That's right. It was calm. The whole front nine played pretty well. I was two under through six and then made a double on seven birdied eight, got it back to one under through the front. And then I birdied 10. Anyway. So I, I got, I got to a good point. I was actually two within the lead after 10 and then I ended up making a bogey on 12. And then like I said, I, I parred from 13 in, yeah, you parred in but, yeah. but I, uh, I played the bear trap pretty well for the whole week, which was awesome. Played at one under par for, for the week and, uh, didn't make a bogey. And like I said, I just kind of looked at T and I said, let's get tough and let's hit some good shots. And, you know, I, I, I hit a really good iron shot on 15 and, um, you know, kind of just made a routine par on 16. And then, you know, I got to 17 and knew I was in good shape still. And, you know, once I hit that ball on the green, I said, man, <laughs> this this shouldn't be too bad. And I, I two putted it down. And, you know, like I said, 18 was playing, you know, pretty simple. A lot of players were taking it on to 10 fairway from 18. Yeah. And I don't. I don't know if that's allowed during the Honda Classic. I, I kind of heard that that might not be allowed. So there's a lot of grandstands up for that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there, there were a lot of college guys going left over there, and you know that that makes things a lot easier when you're not dealing with any water nearly as much on the second shot. So yeah. I, uh, you know, it came down to that last hole. I hit it over there in the middle of ten fairway, and I had maybe two fifty-five to the right pin over there behind that bunker, and. You know, I obviously was not looking anywhere near that with, with a few with, with a few shot you know a few shot lead over individuals. So, I uh, I looked at T. I said, let's you know let's just go ahead and get it up there close to the green because the layup was kind of funky anyway. So I was like, let's just hit three iron and you know get it in one of those green side left bunkers and we can chop it up there and two putt and make five and get out of here. And um, he said, no, I like that. Let's just not change anything. Like just you know go through your routine and, and handle things how you how you normally do and I pulled it about five yards and knocked it right in the middle of the green. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it worked out in a good way. And anyway, I, I gave the Eagle putt a good run. I ran it probably six feet past it and missed that one, but I, I made par and was, and was in safely at three under for the week. And I think one, uh, one over was the next best score. So I, I had a couple shots. I, I sort of felt like chef when I was hitting the birdie putt, I, I looked like, uh -huh. I looked at I looked at T and I said, "We've got plenty, don't we?" And he said, "Oh, oh yes, I, I got that birdie putt nice and close, so I could tap that, so I could tap that par in." So, no, it, it was it was really really cool. And and I looked at him and gave him a big hug and I said, "Buckle up, we're we're going to Scottsdale Pros." So, um, you know, it, it it is a very humbling experience being in these in this position, and and it's a really cool thing to represent such a small school where. You know, people don't know who I am and people don't know who the school is. You know, it's, yeah. you know, obviously I'm trying to make a name for myself and, and pro golf is, is kind of the next step anyhow. So, um, you know, this, this just gives me another opportunity to, you know, kind of advertise for myself and, and, uh, you know, play some good golf with a really good set of competition. Well, the other, and I'm glad you walked through that last round. I'm, <clears throat> I'm guessing that's one of the longest three irons you've ever hit in your life. Because I'm thinking the <laughs> adrenaline. I mean, you just said 255, three iron in the middle of the green. Um, I'm sure that's that that's a little bit uh, over, uh, over the, your typical stock yardage for a three iron. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. So my normal three, my normal three iron sort of carries 
you know, 240, 245, and, and it went, you know, probably another 10, 10 or 12 yards, um, you know, to get all the way where it did. Obviously, it had a little bit of roll. Those greens were, were extremely firm. Oh, yeah. you know, I think they were recently redone, I think, following the Honda Classic, and uh, at least that's what I heard. I'm yeah. not oh, no, you're right. You're 100% right. They were they were extremely firm, and I I can't say that <laughs> I can't say that enough because they were rock hard and and rolling very fast. But they were they were great, and it was a a really cool experience to play well on a tour course. So you yeah. know, obviously playing playing Scottsdale today, that's another tour event course, and you know you you see you know I I found myself going back and watching you know highlights from the Honda and highlights you know just kind of from waste management just to see how the pros were hitting shots around these courses and. You know, it, it, it's a really cool experience to play pro courses. And it's like I said, I played Quahalo leading up to the PGA National. And and it's just a real, like I said, it's a, a really good experience to to play these courses and obviously hope to be there, you know, down the road. Sure. Well, I, you know, the one thing I you mentioned just representing the university and, and one thing that your university did for you, which I thought was super cool, because, again, you're, you're representing a small school that, that, you know, many people may not know about where it's located. And, and it looks like, I mean, just a couple of days ago, right before you're, you're heading out, actually, I think it might've been yesterday. I mean, the, just basically the Gardner Webb family gathered together to kind of give you a nice send off at the student center. How many, you know, I know that your coach spoke and I know that, um, you know, some other, uh, you know, faculty and, and, you know, uh, dignitaries of the university were able to speak and just say how proud they were of you. How many people were there and, and what kind of a moment was that for you to kind of, I guess it's probably a moment where you're really understanding not just what this means for you and your future, but what it kind of means for the university as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, to give you a ballpark, I would say there was maybe 80 to 100 people there. That's it was awesome. A, it, it was a way, way overwhelming experience because, you know, 830 on a Tuesday morning. You know, I, it was it was shocking to see as many people. You know, it's it, it was awesome because it was a lot of faces that I see on a day ba- on a day to day basis. You know, some teachers, some faculty and staff, some local people from my county that I see and play golf with all the time. I mean, it was it was a really really neat experience to have those people out and, and like you said, it, to have them showing the support for me. It just like I said, it couldn't be more humbling and. You know, to represent the school, like I said, they they are learning something new and and going through things that are very new to the school. And obviously, that's some incurred expenses with having to travel and, and play golf like we did today. That, um, that's what that's what fundraisers are for. Don't worry about that, that stuff. That, you, that's you, exactly. You, that's you, exactly. Right. You, you play the golf. Don't worry about the numbers. Someone will also take that's, care of that. That's exactly right. I, you know, I figure a three hundred dollar round is not much when they're going to be asking me for money down the road. So, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> I, I I figured that I figured three hundred dollars is the least they could do anyway. The Zach Byers scramble. I think that that's, is going to happen. I think that's, but you can't play in it because that's not fair. But I definitely think there's going to be a scramble uh, with your name attached to it at some point down the road. Right. So, like I said, I mean, uh, I don't know if you got to watch the little YouTube video, but Dr. Downs, our president, has been has been phenomenal. You know, he stepped into the role of president um, just two short years ago, maybe not even that long. Um, he came as the dean of business from uh, East Carolina University, and he stepped in, and, and he's had a very progressive mindset about athletics at Gardner Webb, and you know he he led a new uh, new logo change, you know, kind of just refreshing the logo, yeah. and 
and you know he he's just headstrong and wanting to do things and, and make things better you know make people want to be at gardner webb and you know we're we're starting to see so much of a divide between power fives and mid majors that you know it, it's hard you know it, it's going to get to a point where it's hard to choose to go to a school you know kind of like gardner webb but he's doing the things to to make people want to be there and that's that's what's really really cool and and when they see you know, hopefully I was telling my teammates, you know, hopefully this is just something that, you know, I'm, I'm setting the precedent. You guys are here to follow in that and, and make it your story next. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I mean, and just like you said, it's, it's hard to compete with, with the bigger programs, but it's not impossible. There's a path and there is, and the, I think the biggest thing that you hit on that is so great is you went to a school where you knew you would play. And you would get the experience to improve your game. And, you know, not to put you on the spot, but if you weren't at Gardner-Webb, do you think you would have ever gotten to this level if you were fighting and maybe not playing in every tournament if you were at a different location? No, I, I completely agree. And uh, I, I, I'm i very thankful that, you know, I've had the opportunity to kind of go to all the events and, and compete and grow because, you know, some people may, may succeed with, with going and having to earn a spot and having to, you know, do things to where, you know, they've, they've had some failures and, you know, a lot of people say you, you don't just succeed by having only wins, you know, you, you fail a lot more times than you're going to win. And, you know, some people may go through some of that phase where it, it just takes a longer time to get there. And, you know, I think, you know, everybody's path's a little bit different and, you know, this is obviously, you know, given me the best opportunity to be where I am today. And I think, you know, we've got one more step to go and, and, and then the pro golf is after that. So, um, like I said, I mean, I, I, I'll, I mean, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm kind of getting into the transfer portal and then doing that for grad school, but, um, you know, the options are still kind of open on that and we're, we're just going from there. But, um, this, this week is, you know, my week at the national championship and I'm here to, you know, obviously compete, you know, I'm not here to, I'm not here just to be a participant. I'm here to, hopefully bring home a trophy at the end of the week so hey you're, yeah. you're you're right there man i mean you're you're at the national championship you performed uh, you know beat a lot of players at the at regional that are going to be here also that are members of bigger programs but you're sounds like you got the right mindset man it's not uh, you're not here as a tourist you're here to uh, you're here to compete absolutely right well zach man i really appreciate the time i know that uh, it's we're Tomorrow's a practice round. I'll definitely be looking for you out there at Greyhawk. And, you know, congrats on, on just a tremendous season and getting here, representing your university. It's a great story. And uh, I will see you out there and enjoy the experience. And I appreciate you stopping by the back of the range. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate uh, I appreciate you having me on. It's a real, pro- real pleasure. Well, there it is. Hopefully Ben will get his voice back sooner rather than later. Again, this is Brian Stubbs from the Haskins Foundation filling in for Ben. Thank you for all your support of College Golf and the Haskins Award, and we will see you next time here at the Back of the Range.